and I'll be constantly squeezing it because I'm so nervous. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like maybe we should like ground our feet. This is a perfect chair for grounding actually. Isn't it? Right? It is a nice chair for grounding. Like breathe in. I like that. So welcome to In the Act. It's a radio program on process and the creative life. Creativity does not just start and stop with artists. We all make aesthetic or guiding decisions. Our aim is to talk through the process and investigate how we choose to express ourselves and live creatively. We are connecting with people about their lives. That is the subject of our show. Broadcasting from Mead Public Library in Sheboygan, Wisconsin on Mead Community Radio, I'm Erica Hunsinger, and this is In the Act. And today's guest on In the Act is Caitlin Keela. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So we've talked in the past a little bit about uh, creativity in micro and macro ways, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was listen I was re-listening to uh, one of the first interviews that I did. Actually, I think John interviewed me. <laughs> and I was talking about that creativity, I think, hinges so much on play and fun and like investigation and just like intuitive moving in some ways. That's so interesting because I was on this morning like, oh, what are we going to talk about? What is creativity? What am I creating right now? And, and I was like thinking about that kind of creativity, which is like so alluring and like, yeah, spontaneous and beautiful and like intentional, however it comes about. And then this other side of creativity that is like, productivity like I'm creating something and how much I align my day about what am I putting out there what am I getting done what am I because every act in the act every act is creative right you're creating something right but so much of it can be like not that yeah something beautiful creating something like impactful it's more just like create 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 Check, check, check. Like a to-do list. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of when yeah. you were talking. I was like, oh, that's like a to-do list. Yeah. But that yeah. one's not the fun one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, I guess it can be. It could right? be. But if it's not. Yeah, those really skilled creative people. Like, yeah. Look at my day. It's so beautiful. Oh, I don't know any. Do I know? I'm not sure I know any of them. <laughs> they like know exactly how to create, how to craft their time management and put in the things that they need to be. And it has boundaries so they get what they need to done. And then they also have flexibility so that they can change things around and they just float through life like a dream world. Oh, my gosh. That do does those people sound, exist? I, I'm not sure. I think they do. <laughs> I totally think they do. And I think that. What did you talk about, like time management? I was thinking about organization when you were yeah. talking about that. Like that just seemed so like highly organized and non-intuitive. Like it's a template that you have to like put around yourself to create these boundaries to then allow for play to happen within like the day and for productivity to happen the day. I guess when you're talking about that, I was thinking about – that there's got to be a balance between the two. Yeah, I think definitely a balance. And yeah, to create 
time for the playfulness and even to, yeah, whatever the medium is that you're, that I want to create. And I need to like prioritize that in a day to be able to do it. Right. Or even to do not, to do nothing, to create a space of nothingness. Oh my gosh. Which I think is so (laughs) underrated. Right. And so important. It's the reflection piece that's mostly missing from the creative process, um, which life or, you know, like item, object, project, or just your whole life. Like there's that piece where you need to silence Mm -hmm. and reflect and be. Um, uh, One of my friends made this fantastic, one of my favorite pieces ever. It was like this big recliner (laughs) um, with uh, the feet up. And there was like a, I think it was the Wilbur Wright brothers, like doormat, like at the base of the chair was something like you can fly or I don't know something about flying and then there was like these paper like crumpled up pieces of paper in a waste paper basket and they were floating like above like these individual pieces were like swirling above the head and then into the basket but you didn't know if you were going if they were going in or if they were coming out and I think that it's both right and that period like the whole idea of the act of creativity is also sitting back and being in this recliner, like reflecting, yeah, feeling that comfort and or non-comfort, but somehow finding a calm space place to allow for non uh, like not generating something. No. Yeah. 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 Yeah, actually, you kind of lost me after you said re- recliner. That sounds so alluring <laughs> to me. And then the rest, I'm sure, was great. But I was like, yes, the recliner. <laughs> yeah, that's sounds. all we need. <laughs> yeah. And great, right? Like, then stop at the recliner. <laughs> right? That's that's basically what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Metaphor of recliner. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my intention, like, I was doing all these, trying to set intentions probably back in December, January, you know, that classic time to have intentions. And it was about just creating space and, like, not filling it right away. And however many different ways I could do that. So anytime I was feeling, like, really overwhelmed or just, like, that go, 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 I was like, no, 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 no. The space part. Remember the space part? Wow. And I don't actually remember any of these times happening, but the idea was if I had the space that time to like consciously recognize it yes and be with it yeah I think more often than not it it does get filled before I, I take a second to notice it yeah it's hard it's a practice it's really hard mm-hmm. and yeah I I guess I was thinking um from not just the physical space but the emotional or psychological space, um, even in conversations, right? I am a I am a filler. If there is space <laughs> or shelves or anything, I will fill it up. If there's like a moment of pause, I have to like really like bite my tongue and recognize that there are other people to say worthy things oh, that sure. can. Uh, that can be not that they don't. That sounds really awful. <laughs> but that 
I don't have to I don't have to fill the space. And I think so much of it is anxiety too of, yeah. of trying to fill because filling or having things full feels more like abundance maybe or that you get everything seen or out. Sure. I'm not sure, but I – Yeah, or like, yeah, that uncomfortable silence in conversation that doesn't have to be uncomfortable. But exactly. Like, shouldn't somebody be saying something? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I definitely feel that because I appreciate those silences so much. And I yeah. – I mean, because I know you, like, I notice when we have – a second. I'm like, okay, this is good. Let's just breathe here. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know everything is okay. Right. But like in right. a group of people, maybe we don't know, or like I do these yoga programs once in a while and we have like a silent lunch and it's an hour and you're just supposed to like eat and appreciate your food and taste every flavor and, and then have the time to yourself, but you're still in the room with other people. Yeah. And I find myself so uncomfortable. Really? Uh, and I'm like leading it. So I'm like, need to make it comfortable. But it's just like, okay. So every, the rule is we're not talking. That's like the best rule <laughs> in this sort of situation. I'm not making small talk or figuring out what to say or how to navigate an idea or a right. conversation. It's like the ultimate freedom, but at the same time, like so unusual. Yeah. To be in a room of people not talking. Yeah. I personally love it. I, I've been to them. And mm -hmm. I actually went to these, like, weekend retreats in this nunnery in Chicago <laughs> where yeah. it was, like, silent. You couldn't talk to anybody. Yeah. And it felt like a ticket. <laughs> I was like, here's a ticket. You don't have to talk. In fact, don't talk, Erica. And it was so freeing Yeah. in some ways for, for someone who's, like, impulsive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Impulsive speaker. Yeah. So you brought it up. I want to talk about you are um, I your yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. You owned yoga Plymouth Yoga for I don't know how many years. Seven and a half. Seven and a half years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And there's been some shifts too, like flexible shifts into like changing it. Is it now yeah. a, a cooperative then that um, just happened or are you? It's like right now in that transition space and probably by the time this goes out, we'll be officially totally shifted. Right. I feel like we still haven't said what it is. So it's like, it's everyone on the edge of their seat. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, we're forming a yoga cooperative. So this was actually stemmed completely out of that intention at the beginning of the year to create space because I don't know if, well, this is a little tangential, but the, during the pandemic, I guess there, there was, there was like that reflective time where yeah. for at least a minute, everything was shut down. So it's like, there was space. And yeah. then that like, well, how am I? How am I living my life? If I, if I, what if I die this year? Like, right. what am I doing with everything? I'm, anyway, that's like, not tangential. It could have gone. Important. I think everybody was feeling that and talking. Sure. About it. Yeah. But then I felt like some people 
ended up with a lot of space over the last year and a half because of the way their schedules changed and their work-life balance and all of that stuff. And and then maybe having like zero um, social commitments and just like, what do I do? And this sense of boredom. And every time I would read something about that, I was like, who are these people? I was like resentful of their boredom <laughs> because wow. I felt constantly busy, pulled in different directions, running a business and trying to make all the decisions that keep people safe, but also still operate. And then like, what is it all for? Right. Sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's where this cooperative idea came out of is like, well, I don't want to be spending every minute of my day making these decisions and then not knowing if I'm doing it right and not knowing how anybody else feels about it. Even when I ask, it's still like, well, you're the boss, so you make that last call and send out right. the email. Right. And and so kind of like this desperation of wanting to to be in it with some somebody else. Yeah. Um, so that idea of collaborating to do the same thing essentially, but then so much more because we've got more brains, more ideas, Absolutely. more energy yeah. coming from different perspectives, different support. Time. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. So very excited about this next phase. That's a huge step. Huge. It's amazing. Do you think that um, do you think that you would have like come to that had it not been for this period of sort of shutdown? Um, no, it's kind of interesting. But I had that idea when I – so I didn't start the yoga studio. I bought it from another woman who had also run it for seven-plus years. Oh, and great. so I was like the second evolution of that studio. Oh, yeah. And when it happened – I was like, I think it was actually right around the same time the Good Side Grocery Co-op was starting. So I was like, co-op was in my brain. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's a way for the yoga studio to be a co-op too. And I actually remember somebody from that organization being like, oh, just going to say, it's like, it's a lot of work. It's like a big deal. It's like an actual legal entity that you're putting together. Right. And I didn't necessarily register that now. Now I do. Or, right. But then I didn't. And then it kind of slid away and I got busy and I was doing, I was doing it all myself, which I yeah. loved too because it was like that really strong sense of ownership. Sure. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, that didn't happen. But then now when everything was happening during pandemic and then the other yoga studio that we were close with did shut down because, I mean, it was almost impossible to do something where you wanted people to be together. Right. And then you're trying to do it online, but it's not the same. And right. none of us are technically if proficient. Right. <laughs> Someone's like, I can't hear you. I'm like, is your sound done? That's as far as I can go. I don't know how else to <laughs> like the you. Zoom, you mean the online? Yeah, the like, Zoom uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Online yoga yeah. classes. Yeah. Uh, all, yeah. All of that. But yeah, then it was this conversation with that studio owner. Like, we don't want to just leave it'll, it, just let it all go away. It could. Right. And that was multiple times. I was like, well, should we just go, shut it down, sell, um, move up north? It's like our escape route. Sure. Leave it all behind. <laughs> right. Or do no, we, but we also feel like yoga is is a service and that people do need it especially when everything is so unstable in so many different ways and they just want that place where they can connect into themselves 
And, and so we, we didn't want to just close or leave it. But how do we make it so it's sustainable and has some more longevity? And yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it re-emerged. I was like, wait, I had this idea before. But now it can actually happen. Nice. <laughs> now there's like the the necessity of it. Right. Like I don't think I could keep going. Yeah. So that that is like a little bit how it um, came out to the group that I've been working with. It was like almost a threat. Like it's either this or nothing. <laughs> Easy peasy, how you feeling? Um, we're just gonna breathe a little bit here. Yep. Started off as more like marbles moving around in my stomach. <laughs> no, not as much marbles. Welcome back to In the Act. We're here with Caitlin Kilo. <laughs> Sorry, I should have. Sl- I'll slow that down. I'll slow that roll. It's a little <laughs> aggressive. I tend to be a little aggressive sometimes. We're sounding. starting again. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Give me a head. Just relaxed. Right. <laughs> let's 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 relax again. <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> um, I. We just finished talking about like. That you that um, there was this threat, <laughs> like <laughs> the idea that you know when you know. yoga becomes threatening that <laughs> you've turned some sort of corner. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know how many layers of like enlightenment there on are on that path, but there's definitely one that's labeled threatening. <laughs> the threat level. <laughs> the threat level, like yoga threat. <laughs> that's so good. Oh my gosh. But that, you know, I think that and talk of talking about like uh, linear decisions versus flexible thinking and planting seeds, I think so much of um, creativity evolves from these seeds that we had planted or ideas that we had like years ago. And mm-hmm. they kind of sit in the soil of us for a while and yeah. slowly like with the right amount of sunlight and warmth and um, desperation maybe yeah. or whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever environmental necessity. changes mm-hmm. and necessity kind of create these um, revisitings of, right. of these older ideas or or allowing for new ideas to, to emerge. Yeah. And that um, totally happens in real life nature. See, yeah. Like, yeah, some Absolutely. of them take, take years to, to germinate. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or you need you'd need a fire to burn everything down and then reemerge. You know, you need that space cleared. Yeah. Fire is probably like a trigger word right now for like communities. But um, sure. I mean right. that in a really healthful environmental way. Well, I mean, aren't like old growth forests and forests are so healthy when there's um, these natural burnings there that are, occur? Yes. And then the growth from the carbon and the yeah, allowance it's part of, of the cycle. Like you said, like it's not linear. It is a cycle. But sometimes I think those cycles are so big, it's hard from a human scale to like you want. It still looks linear, you know, like the arch. That's sure. So, 
curves, the the horizon line. Right. It looks flat, but it's a curve sort of thing, like that perspective. Oh, yeah. I think, like, you just saying that, or, like, with gr- giving something space to see what would come up if you let it, that was another part of my space intention, too, is, like, create the space, see what's more naturally going to emerge versus me trying to muscle it in. Right. That kind of forced creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That, yeah, that intuitive, I mean, is that at the intuitive part? Is that the, what rises to the surface, what floats up? Mm -hmm. What are you recognizing now? What, uh, funny in this moment, probably because you're here and I'm making associations as well, but within meditative practices, right, when, um, when you're just focusing on your breathing, if you're sitting and trying to, um, just be with yourself and um, when thoughts come in, recognize them, acknowledge them, and then let them go. Mm-hmm. That sort of process feels very similar to what we're talking about. Right, right. So let's say, yeah, I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes or something and set that timer. And if it were like to just let that whole time be and see what thoughts come and go yeah and yeah being being open to that versus i'm just gonna sit here and then kind of run with that first thought that comes in yeah because sometimes i think yeah when you have that space like maybe a brilliant idea does come to you during a meditation practice or a yoga or something or yeah whatever. and i'm not saying you shouldn't write those down like maybe you have to <laughs> Yeah, um, have but, a notebook by or something. But it, it is there is something about that, like not needing to figure out that first thought, mm-hmm. letting it go. Yeah, bringing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think in the past too, we've talked about that, and this is something that you have talked about in your um, process too of teaching. It's like every new breath is like a new moment or yeah or yeah the uh, <clears throat> concept of like beginning again yes like yeah the breath is like that as you were mentioning earlier that micro beginning every moment is a new moment yeah it's like full of opportunities <laughs> and that's so rich yes. but also that- yes being able to yeah, maybe this next breath I'm going to take it really big and take my time and, like, have a little agency around it. Yeah. Be able to start again with – that comes up, at least in my experience with the yoga or meditation practice. It's like, oh, I haven't done this in a while. And that doesn't mean I can just ne- – I don't do it anymore. I begin again. And so it's a lot about that forgiveness and being able to just move forward and be like, well – then today I'm starting or right now I'm breathing and letting go of that guilt yes. or ugh. Ugh. guilt just follows me around. Oh, it's awful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the idea then of this richness, I think it gave me so much hope for myself. Um, like hope and lots of other things. I think, I don't know what other words I could put into that, but that, 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 
you know, you're setting your intention, right? So it's sort of like a to-do list, right? You have this product. You, you're going to do a 10-minute meditation or just in your yoga practice and then just every n- noticing and realizing that every breath is an, a new moment to... To, like, come back to that intention or to, I mean, that's, anyways, for me in my practice, like, oh, well, my mind was totally doing a million other things. Yes. So, yes, that reminder, like, oh, I can come back and start again and clear it out. Yeah. And it's okay. I didn't mess up. Yeah. By letting my mind wander or whatever. Right. And we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. With those, with those things, like how do I do this right? Yes, need to do it right. And and you know when you started off the, the beginning of of this conversation with, you know that there are these people that have things in in like cogs in a wheel. Like this yeah, is what I do now, and then this is this, and figure it out. And it, it uh, most of us don't operate that way. Uh, and to give ourselves that space to be gentle with ourselves. Yeah. I think as a reminder, the breath is sort of a reminder of that. Um, that you that you taught me in those classes. You're welcome. <laughs> No, I was thinking about this too, just in like creating and like what I do professionally is creating that space for others. Yeah. But it's not me. Like the end result for me is that, say, a yoga class that I put together. But the end result for a student, someone practicing with me, is their own creation. Like I'm not creating their experience. Right. But I'm creating a space for them to have an experience. Yeah, but I think sometimes, well, like I just said, like, you're welcome very much. I did that for (laughs) you, but that is just, so I think sometimes it gets, whatever, convoluted that way. Like, Yeah, um, it's sort of a Venn diagram. My my teacher did this, and I can't do it without them. It's like, no, you you did this. You created it. Right, and giving the ownership and power back to the individual is important. Yeah, critical, I think. Yeah. And maybe especially for people who don't recognize that they are a creative being. You know, they, they yes. put that on to people who, who are artists or designers or right. seem more creative by nature. But it's like, no, you just created that yourself. Right. Did you go to like a clear open space that you enjoyed or did you feel something different in your body you never recognized before? Yeah. Did you come up with like a solution to something? Like you did that. Right. And you even came to your practice to do that. Right. I just happened to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to to do this program is so that um, I think people have such a idea that 
their lives, if they're not in a creative profession like you were talking about, doesn't involve or allow for creativity. And they're because we've been so brainwashed to define what creativity is and that it's only for the fine arts, mm-hmm. right? Not for crafts, not for yoga, not for business, not People for... don't even think crafts are creative anymore. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> but, you know, but builders and... Yeah. Uh, teachers and oh my gosh, teachers! What a craft! Sure. What, right? Uh, what a skill! Yeah, that's an art. Yeah, and I think so much about creativity revolves around, also revolves around not just play and stuff that we were talking about, but risk taking. Yes, and flexibility. And allowing for new information, like what's rising, what's falling, being present in the moment, um, or reflecting over time, trying to find new ways to adapt, um, educate, stimulate, sure, create, sit in a lounge chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you find inspiring? Or what inspires you? Or where do you find inspiration? You can answer any one of those in any way you want to. <laughs> Must use the word inspire in my answer. You don't. Um. <laughs> that was like such a bad like question. Like, uh, yeah. All right. What? Yeah. I don't know that I have. I don't know an answer to that question. I remember taking some time last year. Like, yeah. What? Like wanting to kind of just be open to avenues of inspiration yeah. and kind of setting that as, you know, like we said, like a intention or a seed. Like, I don't know what, where information <laughs> is coming from right now and it's all over the place, but I sure. want to be open to, to those ideas. Yeah. In any kind of creativity. It's like, I, I guess I'm very work oriented, so I would love to have space to do crafts as a creative yeah um or or yeah crafts and cooking and doing that sort of thing um but yeah just any i don't know where i was going with that just being open to inspiration from anywhere yeah um but yeah i can't say that i like have a go-to of like oh this author or this oh yeah instagram account or oh yeah i totally wasn't yeah on that plane which is so interesting because inspiration can come from anywhere yeah where do you get inspiration um i think (laughs) i think from the outside Mm -hmm. and i don't spend enough time outside Mm -hmm. at all (laughs) Uh, but i my i think my deepest core inspiration is water Uh, i need to be around water be in water, think about water, read about how people sail on water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scuba diving. I don't I don't sail. I don't scuba dive. Um, but I read about those things because or like sunken <laughs> ships, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, aquariums, anything underwater. I think that the I, I think part of the idea for me, is floating, the idea of floating and feeling less heavy. Sure. Uh, 
so there's like a it's not just on top of the water. I think it's more like within actually, actually like an environment that I wouldn't be able to live within <laughs> if I were in it. But no, the but idea of suspension. Very, um, it's part – you're part of it because we are so much water. So maybe right. it comes with that feeling of like merger sure. into the natural world or something bigger. Yeah. I, I find that too with outside environments. Well – particularly, yeah, more natural environments where <clears throat> I'm not necessarily yeah, looking to get inspired outside, but that's where I do get more space and where my head can clear for things to come in. Yeah. And whether I'm inspired by like a seed pod or yeah, something I actually see, or if it's just the fact that, oh, I had a second. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I had a second where I wasn't doing something. Right. It's just being outside. Yeah. Yeah. That feels so nice. It does feel so nice. Even just taking that moment and thinking about it right now. Yeah, I'm there. Same. You're somewhere watery. No, actually, I was outside. I was looking up at the sky. In a recliner. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and probably space and then, yeah, open water, like, but yeah, outer space or sky that just inherently gives you that open feeling too. Thank goodness. Thank goodness we can go outside. Yeah, and that there's sky. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) when you were like, I just, the fact that there's an open space above us. Yeah, I could not live in a cave underground. Oh, no. would like to bring people you know if they were with us outside when we both went there and then we brought them down underground i'd like to bring them back up after the break (laughs) sure yeah let's do that (laughs) welcome back to meet community radio this is in the act with caitlin keela let's bring them back up (laughs) (laughs) i i mean okay so let's go with the cave metaphor, though, and relate it back to when we were talking about seeds and planting and ideas and stuff. And don't things have to go in some sort of hibernation state or sleep state or uh, what is that called? Dormancy. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We all do. Like yeah. everything That's cycles so into mm-hmm. into a darkness, a quiet, uh, to reemerge with, an, you know, every new day. Right. Yeah. No, it does happen daily and seasonally. And seasonally. I mean, for us, thank goodness we have those long, dark winters and we're forced into our homes where... <laughs> I like it. Yeah. No, but I think to me too, I need that part of the year where there's not so much expected to me and the days aren't so long. And you have to cram all this stuff in and you're <laughs> exhausted by the end. Like, oh no, it's already dark after work. I'll just go home and eat, go to sleep. <laughs> eat and go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. It's eight <laughs> o'clock. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. But that that's like the rejuvenation cycle. That's a trying to like piece apart what 
Okay, so like if the to do if the to do list of those creative people, right, or or those people, <laughs> those people, quote unquote, uh, are in some ways you can fashion it or use it as metaphor, like the the days that there's an, a structure of the day. The sun will come up. It's going to go over. You know, like we revolve around the sun. Mm-hmm. Some of us believe that. <laughs> yes. Most of us know that that is the fact, and that this cycle is our cycle and that these waves of the waves do come in and out on the shores in the same sort of pattern. We can expect them. And I think that those structured expectations provide stability and grounding, just like these chairs. (laughs) Yes. uh, To allow for other things to happen that you can count on. And I think that consistency provides a structure for us to move through things a little bit easier. I agree. Like some sort of routine with some expectation that I know what's happening today or this week, this month, then allows, yeah, for more of that flexibility and spontaneity to come in because... You know, like around it, what's going to give you that stability? So whether that's, oh, I can catch up on what I didn't do tomorrow because I know how my tomorrow goes. You know, it's not so rigid. Just like I can't do that today because then that will throw off the next day and the next day and the next day. Right. It's more like, oh, I can do that today because... I have created this perfect. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. An imperfect way of just, yeah existing within a structure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll, well, I I need enough grounding and stability in order to, yeah, move forward. And, and what is the metaphor? It's like you can be floating out on the water. If you can't see the shoreline, it's like destabilizing. You don't, sure. At that point, you don't know how far away you are from a place yeah. to land and whatever else you need from that shoreline. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, how much, like, risk will you be willing to take? How much moving around can you do? Right, within your ability. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe running too close to the shoreline. You'll be one of your shipwrecks. Right. You're a Lottie Cooper. Right. <laughs> yeah. I I was going through a hard time, and remember my boss, Cindy, said something like, tomorrow's going to be a new day, and today's going to be over. And that seemed so profound to me at the what time. What a relief. I know. <laughs> it, was, it was a relief. Yeah. And also really feeling thankful that it would, it would, the day would come tomorrow. It would still arrive and I'd have another chance to be, uh, look at things differently. Yeah. Oh, I think we do need that. That goes back to that dormancy of just needing to rest and shut it all down. Yeah. And that will happen like. I feel like if I'm having one of those 
days like you describe and then maybe my partner is trying to like get it out of me and like I'm just being short with him I was like this is not going to be effective or productive yeah and I just do need to sleep like this day needs to end and I will be nice to you tomorrow but right now I don't have the capacity yeah like, right I need the reset yep absolutely mm-hmm. yeah we need to or that was a little bit strong. Let me just back off of that a little bit. <laughs> but we could. We could. We could is better than we should. <laughs> we have to mandate whatever you're about to say. Like allowing for reset buttons with each other. Yeah. Like allowing those uh, – allowing the space to um, – with your – with – either your significant other or a person that you work with or something to say, like, let's reset. Yeah. This isn't going the way I want it to, or I'm not feeling right, or I don't have time. Whatever that, whatever the subject matter is, whatever it is, the issue, to be allowed to have the reset is a real generous thing, I think. Just generous from the person allowing the other person to reset, or I think both for yourself, yeah, to allow it for yourself. I think it's so necessary. I don't know if it's just like that lack of communication that many of us struggle with, where it's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to talk about what just happened because it was uncomfortable, and talking about it will be more uncomfortable, <laughs> right? And requesting a reset is just like. Who do you think you are? <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But then the, the alternative is just like shoving it down and either pretending like everything is fine yeah. or like cutting that person off, like avoiding them because you don't want to like feel those things again or, or sure. I, I know I misbehaved or I messed up. And, and instead of resetting, just like revert yeah, and then you miss out on that continued relationship, right? With that person, yeah, yeah. Resets, I think, are are Reset. necessary. Are I mandate the reset <laughs> button? <laughs> yeah, and don't overuse it. Yeah, right. Because right when you were talking, I, being present is also really important. But it, it's that it's it's again it's that finding the balance of of what is going to make sense for you. Yeah, that is one not of, too close to the shore, <laughs> not too far away. Yeah, in the middle of the ocean or lake. Yeah, but still feeling like you can leave the shore, right? Yeah, to go out a little bit. Yeah, I think being present in those situations is one practice that I've been exposed to. I'm not saying that I'm proficient at this, but um, it's so easy to be like in bed at night thinking about the day and being like, oh, I wish I had handled that differently. Oh, sure. (laughs) But kind of being able to say that at the time that it's happening. Yeah. And then actually... Like, at some point when you get good at this, like, verbalizing that, like, oh, I wish I had said that differently. Like, do the person that you just said it to. Sure. And just, like, recreate that moment. Like, do the reset right away. Like, while you're thinking about it in bed? 
No, no, no. That's oh, like that's sorry. how it starts. Okay, like, okay. But yes, I think that is actually part of the practice too. In bed, like just imagine that you did that differently. Oh, so you have yeah. that as a thought in your head. Sure. And then maybe next time you will think of it sooner. Oh, sure. You're like practicing. You're, You're like practicing. setting yourself up for a more successful or uh, how you want things to go or integrated or right. respectful way for yes. yourself and for others. Right. Yeah. You're like doing the things that you wish you had done mentally, but then eventually you encounter that situation again. And if you can think of it before bed, yeah, you know, you can call that person or write a message or, or yeah, if you think of it like right after you said it, you're like, I don't think I said that right. I don't think I, that, that didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> Let me rephrase. Let me start over. Yeah. Yeah. The reset button right in the middle of those things. Right at that time. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that can be hard. Like we need, sometimes we need that, that reflective space in between before we realize. Yeah. This is not going well. But that's where, like you mentioned, like being present. If we're in that present, we know it's not going well. I feel it's not going well. And then just to say that. Yeah. This is not going well. Yeah. Sometimes that helps. I think acknowledgement usually does. I think sometimes there can be an elephant in the room. Is that the thing? Is that the is that the saying? There's <laughs> an elephant in the room. A saying or something. A saying. Sorry, <laughs> the saying. That is the the, the saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's the saying you're thinking about, but yeah, but to, the, to the, then people it. just kind of like walk around it or skirt the edges of the room because there's this giant topic right in the middle that you just avoid, um, mm -hmm. and it makes it so awkward to share, engage, and communicate with other people when you know that there's this giant piece in the middle and to acknowledge that, yeah, we both see this because we're both here with it is also a risky move mm -hmm. and creative to, to be able to do like that. It's like recreating to me, maybe for people, it's recreating like what would just be like, okay, I'm not going to say anything, but it's like, no, I am going to say something. And maybe... You see this elephant very differently than I do, and then we'll have a conversation about it. Right. And maybe understand the elephant or each other differently. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, I like how this, like, evolved into communication and yeah, being present with yourself. And I, like, sometimes really forget about that part, like, of... There's a few authors, I think, in the yoga world that are, like, really just emphasize this is about relationship with others. Like, our existence is about relationship with others. So even though our practice is extremely personal and interpersonal to the self, like a time to go inward, the ultimate result that we're going for is to, like, coexist with each other better. Yeah. And that does rely on communication. It's Absolutely. Like communicating with the self understanding the self and being able to communicate with others effectively. Yeah. 
and yeah, construct that like conversation in the moment, that is creative and being able to change directions intentionally and make it better. Yeah. Or stop it, right? Yeah. That's what's going to heal everybody more (laughs) i mean isn't that when you talk about (laughs) right i mean but isn't that like also formal elements that are talked about in art like like editing right editing and composition and uh value and contrast and i do (laughs) yes those all sound like things but that's all about like the that's sort of metaphorically than what we're talking about yeah in communication and relationships and I mean that's my pull for it but um but yeah 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 because a conversation and a relationship yeah are things that are creative and continue to get created right with all those values it's not just like as long as we're alive it's not like you're just reading a dialogue or a script that's like you say this I say this you right. say this I yeah. It's not flat. No. Yeah, we're dimensional beings, complex, layered, full beings, each and every one of us. Oof. I agree. <laughs> hey, when you just were talking about the author mm. um, or yoga books, do you have any that you recommend or that you like well i'm not really good at that question answering that question but the one that made me think of that like idea of relationships was richard friedman richard freeman okay and i'm not i've not even read him super thoroughly but that is just what came to mind and that's okay too like we can pull seeds from people and i feel like when i'm at a library i should feel well read oh (laughs) that's that should thing that um i think we're not supposed to do also we should not (laughs) we should not say shit Well, I think there was another book about, um, like, chakras and psychology. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Anadea Judith. Is what is her name? Anadea Judith. Okay. And she has a few books. She's a psychologist and a, um, I don't know, chakra expert. <laughs> right. Um, so she has... One book in particular that I have really connected to, and I can never remember which order it is. It's like Eastern Body, Western Mind. Yep. Western Body, Eastern Mind. The first one sounded more right. I think the first one. Um, But she connects into her understanding of psychology and growth through like developmental stages in also the development of our chakra system or the energetic system of the body and the mind and the emotions. And yeah, really fascinating. Really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And that too. Yeah. Like there's the creative centers. I think about that a lot too. Um, And for those of us who might not know creative, the creative centers that are identified within the chakras. Right. So they typically, they say there's these two creative centers. One is near the throat and the other is like 
the second or sacral chakra, like within the pelvic bowl and the reproductive organs. Okay. And so they can work together, but the one that's like within the reproductive organs is thought to be a little or a lot more like intuitive, spontaneous creativity mm-hmm. and just like what we're drawn to, not because like we learned about it, but just like what pulls us in different directions, what like kind of wants to be created. And right. then also like we're not driving it. So like in the the biological creation of a fetus, it's like the woman isn't like, and now I'm going to put the cells together and now the eyelids can (laughs) blink and like like, there's no control over that it's just happening yeah um and then up at the throat that creative center is much more um like intentional using um inputs using information that we have and and being able to express it outward and describe it to other people and then there again is that communication like being able to collaborate with other people because now we can share ideas sure and learn from each other and create things together and it's like kind of offers a bigger um opportunity for creation and more interconnected with others, whereas like the creative cycle in that second chakra and the lower one is is much more just like within the self. Right. Um, but you could, it could still be like, you could still create artistically, intuitively, um, and even with others. But yeah, once we're up in like the fifth chakra, throat chakra, it's... It's much more like of this very deliberate, I'm putting this together. Right. And that there's a balance between the two. Right. And I think uh, there's so many so many people think that aha moments uh, in whatever field and whatever practice and whatever you're doing that you have this like brilliant idea that it's sort of um, untethered that it exists on its own. And I don't believe that. I feel like, and I, research has shown that you set yourself up to have those aha moments. You've planned and like you've been, the the second chakra has been quite fluid and moving and, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, input from other things and experiences yeah. to develop um, all the sort of right pieces for something to emerge. Again, coming back to the seed in a way, right? Like having those, um, uh, having those ideas or pieces to form, allow those things to form, um, yes, and evolve to become. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely has to be a balance, and it has to be. I don't yeah, a seed would not grow in a vacuum. Yeah, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Or you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything you want people to know? Or Oh, gosh. No, we, we, I, we can... I guess, what, what, do I say something like, 
You don't even have be to. Be kind to each other out there. <laughs> <laughs> be kind to each other out there. That was so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and be kind to yourself. Yeah, be kind to yourself. Don't forget that part. That part comes first, actually. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay, start over. Be kind to yourself out there. <laughs> so great, Caitlin. <laughs> so great talking with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, and how will people be able to get a hold of you if they want to contact you? Cool. Um, well, this is also part of the shift in the yoga co-op. So, beep, whoop. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's over. Okay. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Sorry. <laughs> I could just send people to the yoga cooperative, which is www.sheboygancountyyogacoop.com. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much for being here with us and talking with me this morning. You're welcome. Thank you for such an enjoyable experience. In the Act is produced in the studios at Mead Public Library in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. More information on the web at meadpl.org.